Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursions podcast. My name is Vaughn Hyde, your podcast host or something like that. And uh, as always, this is the, the second episode of this podcast. I'm joined by Josh. How you doing today, Josh? What's going on? It's just me feeling lonely. Yeah, sadly, Alex came down with a cold, so he will not be on this episode of the uh, Indie Incursions podcast. But you know, it's it's going to be good. I mean, now we got the two opposing opinions on whether Stardew Valley has really fucked up animations or not. So I feel like this is going to be a good episode. Look, I never said that they didn't. I just said that's a really bad reason to diss a game out of. Uh, I'm not. Know. I'm not dissing a game. It just has bad animations. I mean, it sounds like you're dissing it pretty hard there. That's a fact. That's not a diss. Just watch it. All right. This is going to be a long feud. This is going to go forever. Our children's children are still going to be feuding about this. Hopefully. (sighs) (laughs) I'm planning on it. It's going to be like an old-fashioned family-on-family war. It's going to be intense. Uh, so just a little quick banter to start off the uh, the podcast here. What what have you been playing for the past week? Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of, and this isn't really an indie game, but I've been playing a ton of Mario Party. That's obviously an indie game. I mean, I played Skyrim, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indie. Not many people know about it, but Super Mario Party came out for the Switch. Uh, God, when was it? Uh, like a... October 5th, right? I believe that's the date. Anyway, so I finally uh, had some time to play it for this past week or so. And man, it's a really... I have such mixed feelings, but it's a really good game. It's a really good Mario Party. There's just a lot of nitpicky things that I have with it. Um, there's, There's so much time that I feel like could be cut down by just putting a skip button on a lot of things. Uh, and those, those damn computers! Man, they cheat! I don't know... How they do it. That thing is on easy mode, and then Peach rolls a 10 and walks, gets a star, and then they put the star five spaces away from her, so she picks it up again. Are you freaking kidding me? So ridiculous. I can't say I've ever had this problem. I'm not a big Mario Party, let alone a Mario fan, uh, altogether, so you're just... Yeah, not really preaching to the choir here. It's just Look, man, <laughs> your frustration kind of goes over my head. People are going to hear it, and they're going to agree with me, and they're going to be like, yeah, fuck you, Peach. I know it. Everybody knows it, <laughs> all right? This is a common occurrence for everybody. They're like, fucking Peach and her stupid-ass stars. It's ridiculous. But no, it's it's a lot of fun, though. There's There's a lot of things that I think could definitely be changed, and a lot of reasons why I think Nintendo just... <laughs> 
does not learn to grow properly in ways that it should. Uh, one of the biggest gripes I have with it is the fact that for their online play, they decided to not make it so you can play with people online as far as the game goes, but instead you have like 10 or so mini games that you all play. And that's pretty much all you can do with people who aren't sitting right next to you. Granted, I understand they're trying to push the fact that it's a you know couch co-op game, but me and my wife, it's just us. I don't want to play with stupid Peach Computer. I want to play with my friends who have the game as well. Why can't I play with them if they're not over? Regardless, <laughs> dumb gripe, but it's it's still a great game. But there's just little things about it that I, I feel like Nintendo definitely could have changed that would have made it so much better. I definitely feel like that's not a little gripe. Like, especially with Nintendo. Nintendo definitely needs uh, to just... I don't know. Nintendo does their own thing, so I can't say Nintendo needs to uh, really, like, devote time to an online service, because obviously they have the online service they put out recently, and uh, and apparently it's doing well, but also having some issues, I guess. I'm not 100% sure, because I haven't picked it up myself, uh, but... I don't really know how I feel about Nintendo not, like, really keeping with the times and making multiplayer games. It's it's kind of just a weird thing. Nintendo just does what they want. Yeah, and I give them credit for that. But that's my point, though, is if you're launching this whole big, uh, you know, online service, I still have not got the online service, even though I'm a huge Switch fan. It's just there's not a lot of games that I really care about playing online. Mario Party, when it when I heard that it was coming out, that was probably the first game where I was like, this is the reason why I will get online because I want to play with my friend who has a Switch who is also buying Mario Party and I want to play with him when I'm not at his house. So I had the intention of getting it and then when I heard about that, it's like, all right, well, I'm still not going to get your service until possibly Super Smash Brothers when that comes out. You're like... Nintendo's just immediately right when you're like, man, I can't wait to play this with my friends. They're like, haha, fuck you. Just kidding. <laughs> you're not even going to play with your friends. Good luck with that. Because <laughs> it's actually kind of hard to like, unless you're your room with somebody, which I have a roommate that I play games with. So it's, it's kind of easy to play games with him. But playing couch co-op games with just normal like adult friends is really hard to do because everybody has adult lives. So it's like, come on, dude online play is kind of a necessity it's 2018 yeah it's it's really tough because a lot of the gaming i do is literally in the week when it's like i come home from work and i want to just play some games and the weekend i have like you know errands to run i have stuff to do i literally go in small bursts and i don't have the time to just go over to someone's house because one that's intrusive um and two because you know there's a lot of stuff you have to do in the day generally <laughs> like i don't know it's it's a lot easier to play these party games especially since they're tailored to like a one hour you know one and a half hour limit of just hey let's pop in a quick game of super mario party it's a lot easier if you just have that at your house and then you could use, you know, any other type of uh, voice chat app that they have. You could use the, you know, the Nintendo whatever mobile one, which... The really fucking stupid one that they have? Yeah, you know, like, that... Oh, I could just use Discord instead. Yeah. How crazy is that? I mean, that's exactly what I would do, but you could do the Nintendo way. <laughs> I mean, they could pitch that. There's going to be Nintendo fans that are listening to this, and they're like, Hey, you little bitch, you're griping about Nintendo, and you don't even do anything with Nintendo. You don't got the online service. You don't use their app. You're just like, yeah, because it sucks. I know. I mean, granted, I'm a pretty diehard Nintendo fan, but that kind of shit just... Why? I'm just so confused. Why? 
Yeah, it is really weird. Having a third-party app to uh, do party chat, I, I don't think I'll ever understand that thought process. They're like, why not just really drive home that we don't care about online Yeah. <laughs> than I having a third-party app? Yeah, and I know this is a huge tangent, but one of the things we talked about last week was that, you know, the Nintendo Switch coming out with, like, better hardware. Uh, it sucks because now you would think that they would put in hardware that would be strong enough to, you know, uh, to run this kind of uh, software. That could uh, have party that chat, could have like, that in party game. chat in the game. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't fucking think of the word. But basically to have that inside the Switch. But they're definitely not going to do it now because they put all that hype around their stupid mobile app. They're like, it's the coolest mobile app you've ever seen and you're like it's a voice chat app it's literally one segment of discord i don't understand <laughs> like that's it's so weird that you're boasting about that yeah we could talk about nintendo and issues with them for days uh what i've been playing this week is i because of our conversation last week about dead cells i was like man i'm really gonna pander to uh the people who like chasm so i bought chasm i've been oh, playing nice. it. nice how is it i actually I actually really enjoy it. Um, it actually kind of like, I'm not going to give anything away because I really want to write this story, but it sparked an idea that I have uh, for an article that I'm going to write soon. So if you're listening to this, yeah, just stay tuned for that article. But um, it didn't get, like, it got reviews that said it was good or great, but it didn't get amazing reviews like Dead Cells did. And I still haven't played Dead Cells, but it's a pretty decent game. And once again, tiny gripe that I have with this game that's just like my weird-ass gripes of Stardew Valley. Here we go. When you put on clothes, your clothes don't change. The, you're wearing the same outfit. You just put on a different clothes. Like, I have a robe that I put on that increases my attack and defense. And I was like, cool. Because one thing I really like to do in games is just customize my character. I like to see the new armor. And his clothes didn't change. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? How hard could it be to change your clothes? I mean, but that's a like the small gripe I have with this, which is a little odd. Uh, the controls can get a little weird sometimes. It has like a back dash, uh, but depending on which way you're facing, you can accidentally launch yourself into enemies, which me, I'm not the most coordinated person ever. So often enough, yeah, I'm going right into a fucking cobalt or something like that. I just accidentally shoulder charge right into it instead of like backing away from it which really sucks but it's a really decent game i like it the the pixel art is pretty fantastic it's got a, a kind of a weird story intertwined with it i'm not very far into it i probably only played like three or four hours but so far i'm actually really enjoying it if if you guys want a decent like metroidvania platformer it is uh, it's not actually metroidvania sorry it's just a, it's just a platformer in general it's actually pretty good i i enjoy it altogether. And, of course, like everybody else, the, the fanboys that exist, I bought Call of Duty Black Ops 4. But I specifically, I wasn't going to buy it. And then I saw my roommate play Blackout, and I was like, crap, I got to buy it. <laughs> it's actually really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. The, uh, the one issue that I have with it is it's freakishly hard to mute people online which is really odd you like all of the the user interface stuff you have to go through kind of like weird like hurdles and hoops to even get to it it's is really uncomfortable but uh i've had two people pointed out to me now uh, that you can actually the coolest feature i think is that you can go into your settings and just have it to where anytime you get into a lobby anybody who's not in your party it'll just mute them like that's so cool 
because I hate listening to these stupid people. Because, of course, it's always like, oh, yeah, I begged your mom. It's like, really, guys? You got to lean into that stereotype? Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad. glad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've been playing all week is a little bit of Chasm and a little bit of Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So I'm I'm enjoying both of them. So uh, let me ask you this before we move on uh, to some of the news. Uh, so Chasm, you said you've only touched upon about like three to four hours. Uh, do you know how, like roughly how long that game is? I don't. Um, I know it's got a lot of replay value because technically it's, they call it, uh, it's, it seems to be like up in the air whether it's, uh, it, that it's procedurally generated or procedurally assembled which is kind of a, a weird like mix there because generated means everything's generated through an algorithm whereas uh the assembled means that, that they're handmade sections but the order that they go in is different right. um that is where it gets assembled i'm not a hundred percent sure how long it is i'm only expecting it to be probably like 10 to 15 hours uh I'll have to look into it. I'll probably have played a lot more by the next podcast, so I'll keep you guys updated. But I'm excited to play more. It's I I can honestly say I wish it was better because I've been waiting for it for years. Uh, but it's not it's not bad at all. It's a great game. Um, it definitely yeah. I'm just gonna leave it. It's it's a great game. It it probably deserved a little bit more praise, but I feel like that's. Uh, that's kind of the issue in today uh, that's the issue that we face today is just oversaturation of the market there's just too many great games out and not enough time to play them so sadly that's happening I could uh but yeah right never have time to play anything uh for our first news story which is just a amazing segue there uh we've got Love Kami Healing Harem official trailer, which is just the official announcement for Love Kami Healing Harem. This is by far some of the uh, today's news uh, news stories are probably the most uncomfortable I've felt having to like <laughs> just go through and look at stuff. You know that if you have to enter your age into Steam, you're like, this is gonna be some weird shit. This is this is gonna make me uncomfortable. I'm probably gonna cringe. Uh, if you guys don't know what Love Kami is, uh, and you don't know what a harem is, just you'll be real excited about this one. Uh, the description on Steam reads, I'll find a solution to the goddess's problems. The third chapter in the Love Kami series tells the story of love, troubles, and more. As Akira helps to... I'm not going to read that name. It's like Tataragami. I don't know why I even tried, because I just butchered it. Uh, goddesses that bring misfortune, Yakura... I'm not going to read their names either. This is terrible. Uh, he basically just tries to fix their problem, but you know it's going to be a weird game when the popular users define tags for this product. One of them is nudity. And I was like, seriously, guys? Really? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely going to bring in some, uh, some interesting clientele, but I don't know... Yeah, I just, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, so uh, every time we do uh, the show, we basically have the list of all the articles that we're going to talk about, all the different things that are coming out. And we generally do research before 
you know, the night before a couple of days to see what we're going to talk about. So I was looking last night at this and I was, uh, I sit very close to my wife where my computer is. And so it's very uncomfortable when all of a sudden my wife looks at my screen and she's like, why are you looking at just a bunch of anime titties? <laughs> oh my god, I was totally hoping your wife was going to be like, why is there huge anime titties on your screen? <laughs> and it's very hard to justify. No, I swear, this is for what I do. Just lean into it. Just be like, hentai. That's it. I have to. It's time. <laughs> You're like, it's time. I know we've been married for however long, but it's time you learn that I have a closeted obsession with big anime titties. And I it's mean, a thing. It's it's true. What are you going to do? When, when... <laughs> Sometimes you just need them anime titties. You know, that's why these games come out, I guess. I really but, hope that, like, this second episode gets popular or something and people are listening to this in their car with their kids and just <laughs> going to this tangent about big head of big titties. <laughs> yeah, man, that's going to be our tagline. Incursion Podcasts, sometimes you need big titties, anime titties. Oh, man. That's perfect. But, like, so I, I was looking at this and generally I, I don't care about these games at all just because they're basically just anime boobs which is fine uh for you don't like harem games what for what it's worth uh no i'm not a big fan i can't say um probably the most enjoyment i had from this was watching the soul caliber ad before the video played yeah that's a little uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy that some of the Steam comments were uh, very interesting. One of my favorites specifically was, even though it had a nudity tag on there, one of the downvotes was because they're censored and they couldn't get rid of the censorship. So They're like, there's not enough nudity. There's not enough. I'm, I'm here for sex games and that's it. Some people need more anime titties than others. and They need the full anime titty, not just implied nudity, the full nudity. <laughs> I did think it was kind of funny that when watching the trailers and when you're talking to those still images, because most of this game is usually just, you know, the a still image and then there's text that goes through. But if you look very subtly, or not that subtly, only thing that's moving in those images are their boobs for no reason. They're just jiggling. They're not doing anything other than jiggling their boobs. It's very awkward. The reason is boobs, dude. They don't even, they don't need a reason more than boobs. It's boobs. It's boobs. All right. I think we've talked about this a bit much. <laughs> uh, next story over on Polygon. Uh, this written by ONS Good. Wow. Your name is surprisingly easy to pronounce. Star Citizen's latest promise rakes in almost a million dollars. This is, is that really? Yeah, almost a million dollars. The most successful crowdfunding project of all time now stands at $195 million. That's seriously like a, a crazy amount of money. Uh, it seems like they're attributing a lot of this uh, this recent uptick in, um, in crowdfunding is uh, because of a ship that they announced last week uh, that's going to be coming out in the 3.3 update, which... It doesn't seem like anybody actually knows when the 3.3 update is going to launch, which is hilarious. This is Yeah, this is what blows my mind. There's so much money that people are sinking into this, and especially right now, in such short amount of time, and there is literally no sign of this being an actual thing. Like, I get it. The, there seems to be a lot of hype, and there seems to be a lot of people who trust the, the company that's creating Star Citizen, but... 
Jesus, no launch date. That that ship alone, they're charging you $330, I think it was, I, I believe the article said, and that's not even including the game. Yeah, I love that so much. It, it's I've, called the Anvil Valkyrie. costs $330 and doesn't include access to Star Citizen itself. <laughs> and that's like, and, and and that's not even like the one thing that they have that does that. I look through their like store and there's like a ton of different random ships and little items that you buy. And they're all bonkers, like expensive. I do not understand how, uh, like what what is the hype? What is the hype? This seems way too much for what it will be, potentially. I want you to take a random guess. How? What year do you think that this was announced on Kickstarter? And I know you might be looking at the article. Please don't and just guess. <laughs> for this, uh, I mean... When, yeah, when do you think Star Citizen was announced on Kickstarter? So, and- it's 2018. They've raked in about almost 200 million dollars i i can't imagine that that could be in a short amount of time i want to say it has to be at least like four five years it's been six fucking years that this game has been in development and i think it's hilarious because it's like yeah it's raking in a massive amount of money and people are still paying for this and from what i understand uh there are some people who are able to play the game it seems to be kind of up in like this weird limbo state i was listening to kind of funny games daily recently uh i think it was like one of their most recent episodes with andrea and she was talking about how she's never actually met anybody who's played this game and I thought that was hilarious, except for Gus Sirolo apparently plays it and bought the ship. But I... Oh my god. That just... Yeah, it blows my mind. $330 doesn't include the access to the game, and you don't... You just don't know not only when this update comes to the version of the game that you can play, uh, but when the game itself comes out. That's just hilarious. Like, you gotta enjoy that. I wish I knew the ratio of, like... How many people have paid for this game, aka the almost $200 million, versus how many people are actually in this beta, and how many, like, actually have any understanding of where it's in, as far as the development process? I mean, to begin it, it, it's kind of crazy. To begin its development, they actually raised over $2 million, and that was from a a little bit over 34,000 people. And I'm, yeah, I'm definitely with you in wondering how many of these people actually got to play the game. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to talk to someone who actually has access to this just to see, like, why is this actually pulling this much hype? And is this just something that people seem to be jumping on for no good reason? Or is there, like, this amazing game that's just hidden from us that we'll have to wait probably another six years before we get to actually achieve? Uh, did you see uh, there was a news story, I think uh, like a couple months ago, that there was actually a uh, Kickstarter. He was a he was a donator originally, and he wanted to get his money back that he had donated, and they wouldn't allow him to. And apparently it was a shitload of money. Oh, it kind of blew my mind. It was like a couple thousand dollars, and uh, they wouldn't refund him, wow. which I thought was so funny. It's like, dude, it's been six years You'd think that they would be a little bit lenient on the, like, you'd think they'd be able to refund some people. But apparently, there's a lot of uh, of high, like, big people that are working on this, uh, both as talent and as uh, the developers themselves. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm excited to see what happens to Star Citizen. I hope it's a good game. I hope so badly that it's a good game. But I don't believe I it's mean, going to be. I hope for the sake of all those people who spent those thousands of dollars. I mean, I mean, if I'm spending $300 on a ship, I, I really hope it's a good fucking game. Like, uh, I don't know. I really hope it's a good ship. I, <laughs> I would I, love I, for that ship to come out and eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus i don't know i can't i can't even <laughs> it seems like we've covered this story it just really driven it into the ground uh for our next story we are staying over on over on polygon i actually think it's written by the same person which is crazy uh this written by owen s good after four years in development the return of obra din launches next week and this is from the creator of papers please uh that would be lucas pope this actually looks really interesting. It's got a weird, uh, I guess, like, it's got a weird retro aesthetic that I enjoy, but I don't know if I ever necessarily play it just because, I don't know, It's it definitely doesn't seem like it's meant for everybody. Um, in the game, you actually play as, like, a, an, an insurance, uh, you work for, like, an insurance company uh, trying to find out what happened on this ship, so you go through and uh, you look into each one of the the characters lives and see what happened like on this ship uh because it's actually been missing for quite a long time i think that's really really interesting especially because in the article it talks about how he said it it has two endings uh, it's like a bad ending that delivers about three hours of playtime and a good ending that'll take you anywhere from six to forty hours that's crazy like indie games don't normally take 40 hours unless it's something like like super meat boy where it's it's got like infinite replayability or it's just a pain in the ass like i'm excited to see what this uh, if people enjoy this game uh it's it's coming out on october 18th for windows pc uh mac via steam gog.com and humble bundle yeah, I was looking at this. The one thing, it kind of upsets me because I really like the concept. And I think Lucas Pope, uh, especially in his, his last one, Papers, Please, he, he has really interesting ideas. And I'd like to see where this goes. But the visuals to it, the graphics, although it, it's you know it's got that old-timey like look to it, which I, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason why he's going for more of that aesthetic, but it kind of hurts my eyes, to be honest. I was you know watching the trailer, and uh, it just visually did not look very well to me uh, it kind of after a while i just i couldn't keep staring at it <laughs> like i don't i don't know why i mean obviously that's that's probably just me um but i don't think i'll be able to pick it up just for the visuals alone um that being said one of the things that was interesting to me was was really that three hours to from jump to 40 like uh, why even have that bad ending at all it's clearly not the intended ending like it just seems like that's a, a you die kind of a thing like I, I don't know the the point of having like multiple endings i feel like is a interesting mechanic for replayability but when you're pushing for one ending that literally is just like a not even you know a tenth of the game it, it just kind of seems like that's not really an ending it just seems like it's more of a cop out of like i'm done playing I would assume it's something similar to how like a, a, a game like Gone Home, you can finish that game in like 20 minutes, but you could also, I mean, the, the disparity is, it, it's pretty, 
when you think about it in the bigger picture, 20 minutes versus like six hours is a pretty big leap, just like uh, the uh, couple hours to like 40 hours. But I'm assuming it's like if you want to get the full story, everything that happened, you really get into this game, that's where you're going to get that 40 hours. Uh, but that six hours is just like, it, it's just you playing. You're like, okay, cool. Let's see what happened. Oh, these guys, they died. That's that's what happened. They're, they're pirates or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the, you're a bad investigator. Like, nah, they died. We're done. Like, good job. Yeah, yeah. You're really <laughs> just not good at your job. You're just like, well, they did. So, I mean, did we even need to worry about it? Like, who are we paying out insurance money to? They did. The end. What a great game. Yeah, I know. I really just, I think that would be a really satisfying ending for this amazing, like, four-year wait. Would be just, <laughs> yeah. this guy's real shitty at his job. That's the ending. I'm sure. I'm sure he's loving this. Uh, yeah, it's it's a shame that the visuals uh, for me just aren't really cutting it. Um, I think the concept is cool. I'd love to hear more about it as it goes on and to see really the story of it. But I can't see myself picking this one up. Yeah, neither can I. The The way they describe the graphics uh, for all listeners, because I, I was going to say for all podcast listeners, but yeah, we don't have a live feed. Uh, so <laughs> the way they describe the graphics is uh, it's nodding to low-res digitized visuals of the Macintosh adventure games in the late 1980s. And... I can't exactly say I've seen a whole lot of Macintosh adventure games from the 1980s, but that was an apt description if I've ever heard one, because it it's really odd it kind of looks like a game if it was made in braille like it's <laughs> it's super weird that's a pretty good yeah, description of it though yes i was really good I, i'm I, I like to pride myself on the the viability of my analogies so i'm i'm really glad you enjoyed it but yeah i probably won't pick it up either just because of the visuals i I hope that it ends up like being an amazing like return on investment because I mean he's invested four years into the development of this game. I hope it ends up well and I hope it finds its audience. But yeah, it, it seems like the the two of us definitely are not in that camp, and that kind of sucks. But not really because it looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for our next story, we're going over to Game Informer. Uh, just in case you guys didn't love talking about Stardew Valley last time, it's more Stardew Valley talk. Yeah. Uh, this story written by Ben Reeves, which is an amazingly easy to pronounce name. Uh, and it is Indie Farming Simulator Stardew Valley is coming to mobile. And uh, this comes from the Cuttlefish Games uh, Twitter account. They just randomly like surprised everybody and let everyone know that it's coming to the iOS App Store on October 24th and gave you a new uh, iOS trailer. Once again, probably not going to play it myself, uh, but seriously, this game is crazy accessible. You can play it on your phone now. Like, everyone thought it, I mean, it, it is a big deal that Fortnite was available on, is now available on mobile, but it also is quite a big deal that smaller games like Stardew Valley are also coming to mobile. I mean, it's not exactly smaller. This is a shitload of content in Stardew Valley from what I understand. But I'm excited that more indie games uh, are getting popular uh, on, on like Steam and stuff like that. And then they're branching out to basically everything. They're going to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and now they're moving to mobile. And I think that's awesome. Uh, which means that maybe some mobile indie games that are, are, are really good, uh, like Florence, might eventually come to consoles. 
I hope it does because I really want to play Florence, but my phone's a piece of shit. So I've never heard I'm, of Florence. Yeah. It's it's this weird. Uh, it was like I think they describe it as like a kind of point and click slash puzzle game, uh, where it's yeah, it's a girl who is experienced love for the first time, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've, I have heard about this. I can't for, remember from where, but I, one of the the shows that I listened to mentioned something about this. It's really critically acclaimed. People really really like Florence, and I really want to play it, uh, especially because. It, I'm like a huge, I'm kind of like a hopeless romantic, probably not in practice, but definitely in ideals. Uh, <laughs> if you ask my girlfriend, yeah, probably not in practice, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope this ends up well, uh, but yeah, on Florence, I, I really hope it comes to consoles. I like how this story, I know, from, I know. <laughs> like, let's talk about Stardew Valley being on iOS. And then I'm like, dude, Florence though. I hope it comes to consoles. I think we're just Stardew Valley now after the last episode. It's, it's been a bit much, but I mean, here's the thing. Major congrats to the Chucklefish team because they deserve it. They're doing well. Um, it's great that they're getting it on so many devices. That's pretty much the future of gaming is like, if you want to succeed as a game, you have to get it to all of the different audiences and there's no better place than phone. Everybody has a phone. Um, that being said, I hate the fact that that's happening because I hate playing games on my phone just because it destroys my battery life and I generally would rather just play it on my PC or my consoles. But congrats to them. Uh, once again, probably will not <laughs> pick this one up either. I would be much more likely to pick this up for the Switch than I would the, uh, the actual uh, iOS device. But, um, you know, hey, good for them. Yeah, I, I really hope it goes well for them. I'm I'm excited for the trend of games coming to, to mobile. But yeah, just like you, not only does it destroy my battery life, uh, but my my phone's just not good in general. So I'm definitely not going to be picking up like anything pretty much on my phone. Uh, so we're staying on Game Informer for our next bit of news. Uh, this one I'm actually super, super excited about, especially because I'm a, a massive fan of uh, physical games, physical media entirely. It's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice receives a physical release. Uh, this written by J.P. Gembors. Okay, dude, I just butchered your name. Uh, but it looks like the physical release is going to be coming out on December 4th. Uh, for $29.99, the Xbox release is going to be headed by Microsoft, of course. Uh, and the PS4 edition is going to be done by 505, it seems. I'm super stoked for this because I did not play Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, I haven't yet, even though I could have picked it up digitally on either PC um, or PS4 or possibly Xbox One, not 100% sure. Did you play Senua's Sacrifice? I did not, but this release definitely opened my eyes to it. I had no idea that this was around. The concept is crazy cool. I love the idea that you were, for the most part, pretty much insane playing this game. Um, the fact that you basically have psychosis uh, issues and you're going through and there's voices in your head telling you to do things and you're having these halluc hallucinogenic visions throughout playing a video game makes the story just so much uh, 
so much impactful just because of you know in a, in a game you generally know what's going on you generally know that you're uh, a specific character here's your mission you have to do this one thing but when you put into this mix of you really have no idea who you are or who the world is around you it uh, just opens up a world of possibilities um, so I probably don't I don't care too much about physical releases I'm not on that train but I did like this piece of news just because I might uh, actually pick this up just from a digital copy because what a strange concept I'm honestly surprised you hadn't heard about this people were like gushing over Hellblade last year actually I think it was no, it was earlier this year people really really enjoyed it um, yeah, I also really enjoy the fact that it deals with just mental illness in general. I feel like that's kind of left out of games nowadays. Like, they've, they're slowly working in more of social issues, especially uh, if you guys read my Life is Strange 2 Episode 1 review. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of social issues that came with the recent election and everything. Um, and it, I'm glad that games are really starting to include more of the real world into them, if that makes any sense. Uh, just making everything seem a little bit more real, a little bit more grounded. Uh, and a, a, what's more grounded than mental illness? Because it's not that crazy of a thing. Like, the, the whole world, like, struggles with it. So, yeah. And from what I understand, a lot of the gameplay mechanics um, are really, like, heavily based in the whole mental illness theme. Because I think uh, how, like in a game like Arkham Asylum or something like that where the combat um it gives you button like it, it tells you when somebody's going to attack you in this people recommend you wear headphones because the voices will tell you that people are coming up behind you and I think that's so fucking cool that's such a weird way to bring in not only like the the themes of psychosis but also bring it in to a gameplay standpoint and I think that's really awesome uh and once again, I'm a huge fan of physical games, so... Get on the freaking train, Josh. Jeez. Yeah, just buy some freaking physical games. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, for the most part... <laughs> so I used to be that way, uh, especially when I, like, first got my Switch. And then when I realized I had to take out the cartridge, put another one out of the box, put it in, change it up, when I could just click a button and it'll always play, eh, it's okay. I'm not that much... So of lazy. I don't Can't believe it. That is the future. <laughs> Welcome to the future, baby. We get to click buttons and things happen. Yeah, that is pretty nice. I, I loved when I worked at GameStop, a lot of people would come in and they would purchase physical games thinking that they would actually uh, have some sort of data like on the disc that would keep them from having to like put a massive amount on their on their PlayStations and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, dude. It's it's all the same. That's what I mean. It's you, like you download this full game onto your fucking PlayStation. It's, it sucks, but yeah. Yeah. I just like to have the disc to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever makes you helps you uh, sleep better at night. You know, that's okay. I'll uh, I'll click yeah. buttons and not have to wait to unload things and put things back in. Not for me. It's okay. Yeah, that is pretty nice. I mean, the the advantage to to digital is never having to worry about like breaking your disc or anything like that. Which yeah, it's pretty nice. Plus, if you're lazy, you just fucking click a click two buttons and you get to play your new game. Yeah. I will say the only reason that I ever did like keeping copies was because back in the day I'd be like, all right, well at least I'll get a dollar for it when I return it at GameStop. But, uh, you know, what's a dollar really worth? Then I have to actually get up and drive somewhere. 
it's just not worth it. Welcome yeah, to yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> uh, for our next story, we are staying on Game Informer. This written by Matt Miller. Uh, get a first look at surreal adventure game Creeks in its debut trailer. I actually really thought this was awesome. It doesn't look like it's actually got a, uh, a strict release date, um, but it seems like it's coming sometime uh, to PC in 2019. I I don't like the art style. No? Immediately, I was I was put off by the art style. Yeah, I don't know why. Ah. Um, it just looks so weird. Like I I, I normally love like hand drawn art styles, but this one's just not for me. It looks. I like much more brighter kind of worlds, much more like colorful. And I guess this is a, I mean, if you're into, if you're a fan of like darker themes, it seems like this would be your game. Cause it, that's exactly what it looks like. It's, it's much darker. Um, and it's, it definitely has an amazing hand drawn art style. It's just not my cup of tea. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I, I don't know because here, here's the thing is I, I can't, play too many of games that are this type because it's very a you know point and click kind of puzzly strategy game and generally i'll i'll burn myself out with these type of games but i do like this art style this more darker theme of him kind of like going through what seems to be this weird like clock world that's almost kind of melting it's it's very strange um i i think that it could have some major potential obviously we're just looking at a trailer so i have no idea what this is all about um but i'm interested to see more and to see where this goes uh i do hope it says in the article that it's for pc and consoles i do hope that one of those is switch because i would definitely uh especially with slower games like this i think the switch is great because this is the type of game i would watch tv and still play half and half since i'm generally not really paying attention to the tv and on my switch anyway but i could spend time with my wife you know um but it uh but it it just it it feels like it definitely has some potential uh i want to see more of where it goes but i i do like the art art style i disagree that uh that it's not not aesthetically pleasing i definitely don't think it's not aesthetically pleasing it's just not my cup of tea i think it looks amazing it's it's probably going to be similar to uh the way i feel about it is probably the the same way we both kind of feel about uh the the story that we did like two seconds ago how the the macintosh art style was just not our cup of tea yeah that's just i gotcha yeah that's just how i feel about it i'm like man i hope this game does so well because it looks so interesting and so amazing but it's probably not something i'm gonna pick up just because of its odd art style but that's something amazing about indie games and it's it's a reason that i love them so much is because it's not about what's popular like that's not what indie games are about it's about what you want to make like right. you want to make this weird game that has like 1980s Macintosh adventure game, like uh, art style, do it. Cause people, somebody somewhere is going to love that. And not only are you going to make money on it, like it's just going to be an amazing experience for everybody. I, that's why I love indie games so much. I, I hope it does really well. Um, obviously I'm just saying that about like every indie game cause <laughs> I love indie games and I hope they all do well with the exception of the ones that are just obvious cash grabs, like life of black tiger and shit like that. But I, I really hope that, uh, it finds its audience cause creeks looks 
really cool. It gives me like this uh, this uh, like Abe's, yeah, Abe's Odyssey that's vibe. That's exactly what I was going to talk about, and that's kind of where I think that audience will will reach to. Is it's it's definitely an odd world type of game. Yeah, it being like point and click and puzzle based. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, especially because it seems like a lot of those uh, like old educational games where you d- like pick up something. You're like, oh, to get the lunchbox, I have to get this crooked wire and weird shit like that. <laughs> that's an odd assortment of items that you just strung yeah, together, but okay. <laughs> that's that's Pajama Sam for you, dude. Oh, man, we're going way back. <laughs> those games were dope. I loved Pajama Sam when I was a kid. Or like those, uh, I forget what they're called, those weird history games. I, I played like 10 seconds of those when I was a kid because I could never figure them out. I was like, man, I'm too dumb for this. <laughs> I'm loved, not going to uh, read. What was it called? Leap Leap School? or oh, God, I can't remember. Oh, the like Leapfrog games is what you're talking about? No, no. There's a, it was some, some weird series where it was like every grade had a game. And it was like first grade, second grade, and it was like jump school or something. I don't remember what it was. All I remember is there was one game where you had a dog as your like character buddy who followed you around. And you collected soda caps like bottle caps and i fucking love that game i wish i could find it again but i also don't because i know i will hate it because my nostalgia glasses will be busted the minute i start looking at it yeah you're like this game is so bad i can't (laughs) believe i bought this that happens so often with the games i want to play like i i want to pick up uh i mean obviously some games are going to hold up years later but i really want to pick up champions and orath to play with one of my best friends because it's what we played as a kid but i'm like I, I know Champions that I'm gonna buy this. No man, it's such a good it's game. It's so good, I, dude. Yeah, it's we used so to good. play that I, all the time. I I hope that if I pick it up, it's amazing. But yeah, I'm kind of like on the edge of my seat, just like, oh god, what if it's bad though? What if it looks <laughs> bad? It's gonna ruin my childhood. It's gonna be like seeing Ronald McDonald as an adult doing creepy ass shit. It's gonna ruin my childhood. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta take the dive. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just gotta get into that weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what this episode is all about. Seriously. Especially with this next story. Uh, this is once again over on Game Informer, and it's an exclusive, which I... That's... I don't, I don't know why exclusives are so crazy to me now. <laughs> I'm just like, how does... With the internet nowadays, how does anybody have anything exclusively? That's just so weird to me. I guess it's something that I'll learn when I actually become a games journalist instead of what I am. But uh, it's exclusive. uh, What? I said, hey, man, we're we're game journalists. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say I'm an amateur games journalist and leave it at that so nobody holds me to a higher standard. I mean, we just need to start putting exclusive on our podcast. (laughs) So true. We'd be like, it's exclusive to YouTube, uh, just basically wherever podcasts are are distributed you know it's it's exclusive it's gonna bring everybody into the podcast uh but this exclusive news story over on game informer written by kimberly wallace is four corpse party games are coming to the pc soon uh these uh, corpse party games being book of uh book of shadows blood drive this is the weirdest name i've ever seen and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pronounce it sweet shakino shakiko's uh his hysteric birthday bash and corpse party 2 dead patient why are three of them so fucking easy and then there's this this one (laughs) super weird one that's hysteric birthday bash but it just doesn't make any sense to me 
I don't understand that. But yes, they're all coming uh, to PC. It looks like the only one that actually has a release date is uh, Book of Shadows, uh, which its official release date is October 29th. Uh, the other games being Dead Patient, uh, The Hysteric Birthday Bash, and Blood Drive uh, look to be coming launched they're look to be coming to the PC uh, later this winter and probably in 2019 uh, with the blood drive seems to be coming uh, later at, at the latest. I'm assuming 2019. Have you played that's an entire any? Year. Yeah. Have you played any of these, these games, Corpse Party? Have you like heard of this beforehand? I've heard of it, but just looking at the pictures of the games, I'm like, ah, probably not going to play them because Corpse Party Blood Drive looks like tentacle porn. It's a hundred percent. It looks like tentacle porn, and I don't. I just. I can't. I can't play it. It's I like mean, the the Senran Kagura games. Like those games are probably really really good, but I can't play it because. And I'm not joking at all. The 3DS version of one of the Senran Kagura games comes with a booklet where it gives you like little pages to look through about each one of the characters and one of them has huge boobs and you can see her nipples through her shirt. And when I worked at GameStop, we had to take the booklet out because little kids would see it and their parents would get fucking pissed. That's great. And I'm like, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. This, it's... It's these Sanran Kagura games. They're, they're kind of weird. They also put out like a wet t-shirt game last year. Oh, jeez. It, it blows my mind, the games that are coming out. It's just amazing. I can't believe it. I'm Something's assuming wild. you haven't played any of the Corpse Party games, have you? I have not. I saw you put that uh, Love Kami uh, article on there, and I was like, well, how can I <laughs> outweeb him? And so I found Corpse Party. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. I mean, this one doesn't have nudity in the tag, so I feel like I kind of won. I know. Well, I mean, come on. Whatever. Y- y- what can I do, really? All right? I'm, I'm trying here. <laughs> this, this is the closest <laughs> I could find. I-, I looked at it. I honestly, when I first started reading about this, I was like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And I watched a couple videos, and I, I still kind of don't know what I'm looking at. I'm still very confused. The concept of it sounds a little interesting, of, like, the running through a high school and trying to find out who killed a ton of people in it. Um, so it's it's very, you know, horror, like, adventure of, oh, my God, what will come out at me at the, the next gate. Um, it seems like it'll just be generally a jump scare, though. I don't know if I'm off on that. Um, which I don't really care for. And it also, the art style just feels wrong for a horror game. I don't know. I can't... Something about chibi drawings and horror just doesn't seem to match well for me. Yeah, that is kind of true. I mean, I'm a big, like... I'm an anime fan. I can't say I'm a, a big anime fan because I probably only watch the like the the mainstream anime stuff, which is definitely true. Uh, but I really like the anime aesthetic, but I've never gotten into Chibi. I, I'm not a huge fan of Chibi. I think it looks so weird. <laughs> it just looks uncomfortable. They've got like fat heads and just like tiny bodies. They look like caricatures. It's just so odd to me. I had a I had a buddy just the other day who I was talking to, and he uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of a game called Gloomhaven? It's a board game that uh, it's pretty big. It was a Kickstarter-based game, 
Um, anyway, it has a it has a pretty big following, and he's like head over heels about this game. And he <laughs> he basically was like looking at this giant map that you like put the game pieces on, and he was like, "Do you think I should buy this ch chibi ch chibi chibi?" version of the characters he's like what does that mean and i was like i can't believe someone in this day and age doesn't know what chibi is i was so blown away <laughs> yeah mean, that... that is kind of weird especially with like how how anime has kind of become more of like a mainstream topic especially with anime like uh full metal alchemist and attack on titan it's like chibi is kind of a big thing in anime culture i don't understand especially with like if your friends and uh, a final fantasy fan they put out world of final fantasy which is just entirely yeah, like version. yeah it's just all chibi characters from the final fantasy games which was definitely weird that's the only time i've actually liked chibi because i was like man cloud looks dope as like a chibi <laughs> character because he's so much smaller so seeing the buster sword i was like oh shit He's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's only the only thing I have on GB. Uh, I generally don't care. I really probably won't pick this up. I think it's interesting that all of them are coming out, uh, especially since this is not very big in the States, it seems like. Um, so it's interesting that they're getting so much of a push. Um, but. I mean, if anything, it just makes it more accessible because I know a lot of uh, a lot of gamers in general, they may not have the most recent console. They may not have a uh, PS4 or like an Xbox One or a Nintendo Switch, um, but they might have a PC and PCs kind of you could just check out old backlogs and stuff like that. So this might be bringing a corpse party into like a whole new massive fan base, especially on like especially on PC cuz let's be real there's a lot of anime titties in PC games <laughs> like there's like i hate to say it but there's there's a kind of a like a thin line drawn uh, which is a very thin line for like PlayStation there's like there's a line you can't cross and then on on PC they're just like dude go for it borderline hentai i don't care just do it <laughs> i'm like all right <laughs> they just can't stop them yeah, this this is like the yeah this is definitely the anime titties, uh, <laughs> the, just the episode of the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad Alex wasn't here because he didn't have to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, what a day to be sick. Nah, man, he's missing out. I'm gonna be honest. When I first heard Corpse Party, uh, I've been playing Mario Party way too much. I got a little excited. I thought it would be like a weird anime Halloween version of like a party game, and I was very off when i started watching yeah, you're the dead video. wrong i was like oh <laughs> never mind but i think it would be a cool game uh, i'm just saying if anyone's out there wants to develop some kind of weird zombie anime couch co uh, couch co-op game i think that would be cool uh, you're like you can just have it that's a perfect idea you just have it don't yeah worry. man i'm not gonna make it someone else take it <laughs> <laughs> how do you know you're not gonna make it oh just, no way perfect i am so no way you're no just way. there's you're not like, a I strictly single don't want to be a game not dev. a single quality about me that would be good for a game developer <laughs> other than um, i like games uh, like that's my thing i'd be great at testing it if you want to make it uh but not building it no no not what perfect. if you were a game tester but the only games you could ever play no were visual novels <laughs> no. with gigantic anime titties <laughs> i don't think i could do it i don't do they even need 
Testers, what, what is there to test? You got to see how them boobs jiggle, dude. You got to see. They're like, how are the physics working with these jiggles? And as an added caveat, you, it's all done from home. So you're just sitting next to your <laughs> wife. You're just like, don't look at me. They specifically force me so I can only have my work hours when she's home. Yeah, they're like, dude, what a coincidence. Definitely not my fault. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> I have to be like, nah, man, those titties should be jiggling uh, quarter clockwise. Quarter clockwise is not even a word. I don't even know what I'm talking about. These titties are getting me all fuzz- confuzzled. Ugh, <laughs> making up words. I don't know what I'm doing. No, we're moving on. Yeah, moving on from big anime boobs. Uh, we are over on gamesindustry.biz. This was... The second, my second favorite of the news stories coming today, uh, Loot Crate launches monthly indie game subscription. This written by Matthew Hand. Uh, God damn it! I totally, I had a way I was going to pronounce Hand, his name. Matthew Hand. God damn it! That's my favorite yep. writer. <laughs> That's his name. He is the editor in chief uh, over on GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, it looks like for ten dollars a month, you will get five different indie games. One being a featured game uh, that they will let you know beforehand, but the other four you will not actually be told what they are until you get your crate, which is similar to how uh, just loot crate works in general. Uh, normally, it's just a crate of geek and gamer stuff that you get sent to your house, cool physical rewards. Um, like a t-shirt and some pins and stuff like that. Basically, it's just a bunch of trash and a t-shirt, if we're being honest. Like, (laughs) however much I love physical media, I had Loot Crate for, like, two years, and I was like, man, this is a lot of trash. (laughs) This is a lot of stuff that I'm I'm never going to touch again. Um, But a spokesperson uh, for Loot Crate has said, it looks like, uh, okay, uh, Eric... Reynolds has said we want to solve two problems with loot play we want to help subscribers find new games that are curated with a focus on creative new voices and we want to help these independent studios reach new audiences through our large network of looters and I was listening to uh, kind of funny games daily today and they laughed at the the fact that they're like that their group of people is called looters it's it's kind of like the deplorables you're just like this is a terrible name why would you call your people that that's so uncomfortable i don't know man looters it is i like it i think it makes yeah sense. i i don't know why they do that it makes sense but i don't i don't know why they do that uh it looks like the first featured game is going to be crossing souls uh which i thought it was hilarious because then the editor-in-chief says which is being published by devolver digital it was published by devolver digital it was it was published a while ago so it, it came out like last year i'm fairly certain so it's actually a really it's a good game uh it gave me a lot of like earthbound vibes in story not in gameplay of course because uh, it's not like in an isometric rpg um but it was really fun it's about these kids who get uh i don't want to ruin anything but it's it's a bunch of different like 80s themed movies all put into one like stand by me and uh, some other games or other movies really yeah. good game i'm definitely going to be subscribing for this for just 10 bucks a month five indie games that's awesome yeah i first off for the crossing souls topic this actually just recently came out to switch and i was like oh man i really want to get this because i i haven't 
hadn't had a chance to to try it when it first came out um it looks super interesting and i think the fact that this game itself is 15 dollars makes the loot crate so worth it like if they're gonna be pushing i mean i can't imagine what the other games were but even if you know they are you know very low-end tier games you're still getting a five dollar discount for also getting you know a ton of random games that could be there this might be the same thing that you mentioned where it's trash in a shirt and the shirt is the one good game they show and then you get a bunch of trash um but uh, i'd still be down to at least try it especially for ten dollars uh the one thing to note here is they do say ten dollars um but i looked into it and it's actually only if you do a full year subscription if you do just one month or a smaller amount it's a little bit more but it's only i think about twelve dollars for the one month and then as you increase each month it goes down in price uh so still a, a really good pickup and something that i'm definitely interested in um i i feel like depending on what type of games come out just the parallax group should have this as like a thing just because it's so easy to have all these games and just then push it out to different people but um you know that that aside i definitely want to see where this goes i'll probably end up picking it up as well uh i'm just hoping that the other four games are not the trash yeah that's very true that's very true i i hope it's not either what you're talking about on the on the price point and everything you totally hit the nail on the head the fact that this is a ten dollar subscription for five games and the majority of like a game that would be like a featured game uh normally those costs like just being a fan of indie games they're normally 15 to 20 dollars if not maybe a little bit above 20 dollars mm -hmm. so it even being 12 dollars is still going to save you money i'm really excited about it these are going to be like all digital and only it seems like only on pc yeah. uh, which kind of sucks from what i've seen but i mean i have a pc and most indie games aren't like other than like star citizen aren't really requiring <laughs> like massive pcs they're they don't need freaking supercomputers they're mostly have like pixel nes graphics kind of stuff so i'm i'm very excited for this i'm i really hope it goes well for them uh because they're they're hoping to get into more like digital subscriptions it seems and this is the first one the loot crate is done mm -hmm. but yeah i really hope it is curated and it's not like you said uh, that the the featured game being the t-shirt and the rest being trash yeah i mean we'll have to see obviously as the months go on and this program goes further we'll see what type of games they pick up um it it definitely does upset me not really upset that's kind of a strong word but i was a little bummed that it was only for pc i wish this could have been something for other consoles i would have loved to see especially with the switch and how many indie games are coming to that um but obviously that would be you know a whole big thing with nintendo and that would be much dip, much more difficult to to go through um I mean, you never know. Depending on its popularity, maybe Loot Crate might see that it's it's a good investment to, to go into other consoles, especially because they uh, specifically ask you, because I had Loot Crate for a long time, like I said, they specifically ask you when you cancel your subscription, why? And if enough people put in there that they wanted to play games on actual consoles, uh, they wanted to have it on their Switch, or maybe they'll do like a feedback section asking what could make it better people saying that they wanted these on consoles might make it a little bit better but i also i'm not like 
I'm, I'm not a businessman. I don't really know the back end of this <laughs> yeah. and how it goes into it. I'm a kid sitting in front of my computer. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm very excited for it. And I, I hope it ends up uh, bringing some amazing indie games to light, especially something like Crossing Souls, uh, which I would say for those who haven't played it, you and our audience, hopefully that we have by this point in our second episode, hopefully it's massive. Just millions of people. <laughs> But for everyone wondering, Crossing Soul is a great game, but I will warn you, it has a very steep difficulty curve. Uh, you'll be doing just normal everyday stuff, fighting a couple people, but while playing, it puts you into like different mini games that can be like much, much harder than just the normal gameplay, which is a little odd. Uh, it reminds me of like when I was a kid playing Bully and going through 90% of Bully and then having to play the arcade like Sumo Sushi game. And for some reason, it was so much harder than the rest of the game. And I just stopped playing. I was like, I can't. This, this kills me. I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's my one recommendation to watch out for when you pick up Crossing Souls is just be wary of the difficulty curve of that game because it's it's definitely steep. Uh, but for our last news story, and this is kind of more of a, I hope, a reoccurring segment. Uh, it's not necessarily a news story. This is kind of my uh, God bless this Kickstarter reoccurring segment. And it is that uh, Studio Inky, Inky Fox announced that Omno, uh, basically it's it's one guy. He's a solo indie dev. He's creating this awesome, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a 3D platformer. It seems with this really like interesting graphics, the main character looks like Nine from the movie Nine, uh, which I think is really funny. And some of the gameplay, like you can you can staff surf, which is so cool. It has this really awesome like teleportation mechanic that I really like. Uh, but it is heading to Kickstarter on November first. Uh, I'm super excited about this. I before I even wrote for Parallax when I was just writing stuff on my blog. I actually wrote about Omno because I found it and I thought, man, this game looks amazing. It's got like an awesome style, like an awesome art style. And I just had to have something like I, I hoped it was actually going to come out. And the fact that it's coming to Kickstarter now is truly giving me hope. And I definitely I, I like quote tweeted them and I was like, my wallet's already open, dude. It's already open. <laughs> I just I want this game. I want it to come out and I don't care what I have to do. I hope. It's going to have like a Kickstarter tier uh, that'll include like a poster or shirt or something because a lot of Kickstarters do that. Uh, like the Flynn Son of Crimson Kickstarter offered uh, it, like stuff like you could be in the game, but also it had a really cool poster and a shirt. So stuff like that. Physical rewards would be really cool, uh, but I'm really excited about this. I hope this Kickstarter <laughs> just gets all the funding it needs and they get to make this game because it would be awesome. It's people like you that started that Star Citizen snowball. I know, right? <laughs> You're part of the I'm problem. Gonna, I'm gonna waiting for six years for the twenty dollars I put and get freaking Omno for Kickstarter. <laughs> no. I hope it goes well. I I normally am not a huge fan of Kickstarter, um, especially because you don't normally. It doesn't seem like a lot of these products actually comes out they actually but come the out ones it seems that like do are so worth it yeah they're so cool kickstarter like, there's is so many gamble. games that come out of kickstarter 
Yeah, there's just so many amazing things that come out of Kickstarter, but of course, you always hear the really shitty ones that are like, oh, this guy made a revolutionary blender on Kickstarter, but it turns out it was just like a scheme, and he made thousands of, like hundreds of thousands of dollars or some stupid crap. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's generally why I don't back anything unless I see, like, the actual developers have created something that's, you know, set there. It's not just a concept idea because I I at least want something more physical to to be able to, like, okay, yeah, this definitely has potential. This is what I want to go for. And with Omno, this is definitely one of those games. I will say, looking at it, it definitely has a very... uh, very nice look to it as far as the worlds go my one concern is the fact of how you traverse through the game those warps and the fact that you're on that you know uh i guess it's is it as it's like a broom his staff it's like a light staff staff? uh, in some yeah in some other gameplay that i've seen um it looks like some of the puzzles that are in the game actually like involve the staff and you transferring light between like different spheres and stuff like that it's really cool. Yeah, so like my one concern with this, uh, especially with games that have this kind of uh, movement, is if you have a game where you can get from point A to point Z on the map very quickly, it means that you have to make the map much bigger. And my only concern with that is, does the map become uh, repetitive? Does it become you know more of the same thing over and over because they're obviously not going to make everything unique if you're warping past it. Um, that's a pretty nitpicky thing, but it's just something that I'd like to see how they deal with that. That being said, from the few mechanics that I've seen with the, you know, the trailer, it does look like something I would be willing to say, like, here, have some money to give me the eventual you know, beta or whatever release you get, um, because it has potential to it. I don't know what it will actually come out to. It's like, again, uh, we mentioned with Kickstarter, I think another gamble, but I mean, you seem to have been uh, a fan of this from way before. So obviously there's more reason to be uh, more trusting of this. At least I hope I'm, I'm just a voice of reason to a voice all of, of our reason. amazing listeners. I love that this is like, it's less of an indie games podcast and more of the nitpicky podcast. Yeah. I mean, well, like, that's kind of where you have to be with this, especially when it comes to indie games is like, you're working for these games towards a specific audience. A lot of them are making that nitpicky. Like this is what the game is for. It's not trying to appeal to everyone. It's trying to, like you said, we're trying to make the game that we want to make. And if we're going to be, you know, consumers or those indie game players, we're going to have the same kind of style of, I want my nitpicky things. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Especially because like indie games, it's, it's hard to find one that just completely connects with you because obviously like, just like every person has a different personality, we're completely different people. Every indie game is like completely different from the last because the person who created it has put so much into this game so it's it's hard to find something that you really really connect with uh in games in general let alone with indie games so yeah you're definitely right that nitpicky is definitely the way you need to be with indie games which is kind of funny (laughs) i i really hope that uh this kickstarter gets all the funding it needs it looks really cool and yeah, I 
I will agree with you that I hope it ends up uh, because the traversal seems so easy and so smooth that it doesn't just make the world larger but ends up like really like hurting the rest of the game. Uh, I also I thought you were going to go in a completely different direction with that, which is kind of interesting. You were talking about how it was repetitive. My like biggest concern with the traversal of the world and it being so seemingly so smooth and easy is that people might not actually like interact with the world. They might not actually look at it. They might just go from point A to point B or Z or whatever. So now we're going to head into our uh, indie games release schedule. And as you said last week, uh, it would be a lot easier if I separated them into platforms. So I decided to be a little bit less lazy and (laughs) separate them into platforms for everybody. Uh, So this is between, yeah, right? Now you can actually just listen for your platform. Uh, We have, uh, this is from October 14th to the 20th. And get ready for me to mispronounce a whole lot of shit. Because... That's just how this is going to go. So for multiple platforms, this being PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, the only game actually coming out for all of them as far as I could see. And just to let you guys know, this is not a complete list. There are some games that aren't on here. It's just kind of the the best an amateur games journalist can do in uh, the limited amount of time we have. Uh, But on October 18th, what were you going to say? There's way too many games to play them all anyway, so just go with our list. It's fine. Yeah, that's a great point. Just just play the games that we have, okay? God, just listen. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch uh, on Thursday, October 18th, 2018. Uh, now moving on to PS4 and Vita. We've got Palm Reading Premium on PlayStation 4, uh, Monday, October 15th. Overload on PlayStation 4, Tuesday, October 15th. Phobos Vector Prime, the first ring for PlayStation 4 on Tuesday, October 16th. Fast Striker for PS4 and Vita, Tuesday, October, not September, October 16th. (laughs) Pipe on PlayStation 4 on Wednesday, October 17th. Halloween Forever on PlayStation 4 and Vita on Friday, October 19th. Riot Civil Unrest on PlayStation 4 on, uh, on October 19th. That would be this friday moving on to the xbox list we only have one game which actually released on other consoles last week and it is home sweet home on xbox one on uh, tuesday october 16th now for the massive amount of switch games because why freaking not there's like a million just kidding there's probably like 15 but whatever uh x order on the nintendo switch on tuesday october 16th daru I think maybe uh, Daru the Art of Cooperation on Switch Wednesday, October 17th, Blackbird Switch Thursday, October 18th, Drift Legends Switch Thursday, October 18th, Mamunga Pinball Adventures maybe <laughs> is the way you say that on uh, on the Nintendo Switch Thursday, October 18th, Personality and Psychology Premium Switch Thursday, October 18th, Spencer on the Nintendo Switch on Thursday, October 18th, Siberia 3 Switch Thursday, October 18th, The Room on Nintendo Switch Thursday, October 18th, Will A Wonderful World on Nintendo Switch Thursday, October 18th, Zervot, maybe. I yeah, Zervot is what I'm gonna go with on the Nintendo Switch Thursday, October 18th. Pizza Titan Ultra, which just sounds amazing. 
That's just such an awesome name. Uh, it's coming to the Nintendo Switch on Friday, October 19th. I Hate Running Backwards on the Nintendo Switch Friday, October 19th. The Legend of Evil on Nintendo Switch Friday, October 19th. Tied Together Switch Friday, October 19th. And Pipe Push Paradise coming to the Nintendo Switch Saturday, October 20th. Which is like the only October 20th game on this list. That's just crazy. I can't believe there's like only one. Now for a couple more games, and this will be the end of it, I promise, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> These are the games coming to Windows PC. Uh, we've got Finding Light for Windows PC, Sunday, October 14th. Cloud Chasers Journey of Hope coming to PC Monday, October 15th. Atomic Society on PC Monday, October 15th. Blitzkeep Unleashed on pc monday october 15th seralim seralim i'm gonna go with seralim 3 uh on windows pc monday october 15th tiny tacy town ah that's that's like a tongue twister right there tiny tacy town tiny tacy town uh tiny tacy town coming to windows pc monday october 15th twin synth coming to windows pc monday october 15th hiding spot PC Tuesday October 16th second second Windows PC and and Android actually that's the only game on Android in this list which is a little odd uh, is yeah coming to uh, the PC and Android Tuesday October 16th cat EU cat EU something like that it's about cats dude that's that's all you need to know is coming to PC Wednesday October 17th and the last one which is just it has kind of a depressing name, if I'm being honest, uh, and you'll understand why. Is RimWorld 1.0 on PC Wednesday, October 17th? And if you don't understand why I think it's depressing, I think it's because RimWorld sounds like a butthole. That's why. That's. <laughs> that's. Nothing wrong with That is the only reason why. Yeah, it's basically just ButtWorld 1.0 coming to the PC on Wednesday. <laughs> Hey man, some people live in yeah. the world, all right? Don't don't mock their home. They love their home. It's like that Rick and Morty, uh, you, the the alternate universe, the like dimensional cable episode where there's like gerbils that live in people's butts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just butt worlds. It it's just a whole game based on that. It's just butt world, dude. It's butt world. Why not? I play it. Uh, why don't we do um. We should start doing, I think, uh, the pick of the week out of that game. What, is, what, what game do you think you're most interested by or do you think people should pick up? The one game I honestly think looks really, really amazing. And just to let you guys know, we actually do have a review for Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption up on Parallax. So make sure you guys check that, uh, go check that out. The game that really stuck out to me uh, would actually be, and I'm not joking, it's it looks really cool, is Pizza Titan Ultra. Yeah, that was actually Switch. my pick too. It looks yeah, dude. so cool. It looks awesome. I don't understand why it's got such a weird name, which totally throws you off. But Pizza Titan Ultra looks awesome. It's, I, I really hope it ends up being sweet. Yeah, for the people who are listening, it's it's essentially... The best way to describe it is really a crazy taxi, but you're instead delivering pizza, and you're a giant robot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of giant robots, if I'm being honest. 
Like, I love giant robots and kaiju, and that's probably... It's it's kind of like me having a bias toward this game. Yeah. You just put a giant robot in a game, and I'm like, shit. I love it because it gives me a good Mega XLR feel to it. Have you ever, yeah, did you ever watched that? Oh, you never <laughs> no. watched Mega XLR? Oh, it was a great show on uh, back on Toonami, I think. Back when, uh, you know, like the Yu Yu Hakusho and all those shows were big. There was Mega XLR, and it was like just basically this guy who just had a robot and he just did shit i, I don't know it's hard to describe actually now that i think <laughs> about it but it was basically just a kind of jokey like why does this guy have a robot and he just does stuff with it and he it, just does stuff with he it just does stuff with it it's probably the worst description of Megas xlr <laughs> i haven't watched the show in so long but it it just reminds me the art style of it the like wacky like cartoony vibe to it of it being like a saturday cartoon kind of like thing even though it's giant robots destroying things it just it has that feel and now so does pizza titan ultra <laughs> yeah i might i might have to pick it up i don't know i i probably will i'm not joking i probably will pick it up on the switch uh you guys will hear next week if i actually did and uh more about chasm that would be it for this episode. How do you think it went today, Josh? Did you enjoy this episode? Did you did you like talking about big anime boobs as much as you did? <laughs> when you signed up for this podcast, did you think in the second episode you would talk about so many anime boobs? This is what I live for. This is this is my place. This is what, you know, this is what I was born to do. I mean, now that it's documented, you will soon get an offer from somebody who just makes these games and they'll be like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel like, you, do you, you want to review You could be my playtest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I would like to, You turn it down? I will decline any of those requests. Just because of how uncomfortable it would be. Yeah, I cannot do the uncomfortable feeling of it, especially with my wife being there. Dude, I was watching um, Big Mouth which is a, a show on Netflix and it's a very, it's basically a cartoon, but it has very adult themes. It's about growing up. Um, and there's just a ton of like scenes where there's like tits and like naked people. And I was on a plane watching it and I didn't realize what I was getting into. I was so embarrassed. I was like freaking out <laughs> that people were looking at my phone and I was like, Jesus, I look like the biggest fucking pervert. There's just like tits on my screen every five seconds. But you kept watching it, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> it was a good show. You're like, I had to have something. I had to have something to do. It's not my fault. I, know. I just. It's not that I like it. It's because it's. It, I had to. I mean, it was a good show, though. <laughs> but not for the tits, though. It's <laughs> just in general. I hope somebody in the comments is like, "Is this the same plane ride that you played Wonder Song? Because it seems like you had something else to do." It actually was. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you just wanted to see the boobs. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to take a break from being a bard, and you need to look at titties. I think that's, that's so true. I think that's what we've learned that's today. Yeah, if anything, make uh, make a game that not only has anime boobs and bard, and you'll just be solid. That's 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 the the holy triumphant of games, right there. It's just anime boobs and bards, music and boobies. I think so. All right. I think that's a wrap. I don't know. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about 
Anime boobs it up for today. Thank you guys so much for watching the second episode of the Indian Christians podcast. Make sure you check out uh, Parallax, the channel that we both write for and make this uh, for. We put up a bunch of awesome articles on there, uh, including the Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption review and uh, some other really cool articles, uh, some about Dragon Quest, some about DBZ, if you guys are anime fans, which... I, I would assume if you clicked on a video that said anime boobies so much, you are. So make sure you guys go check them out. Uh, where can we find you, Josh, uh, on, on the Twitters or on whatever else? On the Twitters. So my Twitter hashtag is at the underscore Josh. That's J-O-R-S-H 90. I love how you just made that easy. Like, Alex made it so hard, and I was going to try to get it out of him this episode, and I feel like he knew that. He's hiding. He's hiding. He's trying to think of a new cryptic way to create some backwards ass, like, you'll never figure out his Twitter handle, and he's still working on the puzzle. And so by episode three, he'll have some crazy, like, calculus question for us that we have to solve to get his Twitter handle. No one's ever going to find Alex is next. Yeah, right. Alex's next article on Parallax is just a treasure hunt to, like, find his Twitter handle. I think it's a good idea. I mean, no one will understand it, but I would laugh pretty hard. <laughs> They're just like, well, you'll have to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> like, forcing people to listen to us. Uh, if you guys would like to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Hyde Legion, at H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N. Super easy to spell. And once again, because of my obsession with Mass Effect 2. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode, and we hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.